I was so happy. It finally arrived. I have been waiting so long for this. I ordered it months ago, and it finally came. The refrigerator of refrigerators. I put in all the research. I saved up way too much money. This thing was way too expensive, and I couldn't wait to get it, and finally it arrived, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful color. It keeps my food cold. It lights up, pretty lights when I open it, and it slices, it dices. It even has an app so that it shows a live cam of whoever opens the refrigerator. So now I know who eats the last piece of chocolate cake. I was so excited about this refrigerator. So it came and I stocked it with food and I went to bed thinking about it. The next morning I woke up and I thought, first thing I want is that delicious cold glass of milk. Oh, Stonyfield Organic, no less, too. I couldn't wait. So I poured it out and this is what happened. Oh. Oh, it's warm. Everything's sour. This is terrible. My, my refrigerator, my expensive refrigerator doesn't even work. I've got to call Angie, my IT guy. Is anybody making that connection? Anybody? Nobody's making that connection. All right, well, I'm calling Angie, my IT guy. Hey, Angie, what's going on? Hey, listen, that refrigerator I bought doesn't work. A plug? Oh, wait, hold on, let me look. Oh, yeah, yeah, there is. But wait, I spent a lot of money for this. I shouldn't have to plug it in. This thing is supposed to do everything. Oh, I got to plug it into the power source in order for it to work. All right, I'll try that. I'll let you know. Hey, thanks, Angie, my IT guy. You're great. You know, a lot of us Christians live like that. We've got this great person living inside us, the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is everything we need. We cannot live our lives without the Holy Spirit as believers. And we need to depend on him, and yet we're, we're often so disconnected. He is absolutely central to the Christian life. We cannot accomplish anything for God without him. And yet we're, we're not connected so many times. Not connected. So we don't know who he is. We don't know how he works. We don't know where he is, what he desires for our lives. And so we live with the spoiled milk of life, being unproductive, being powerless, unable to accomplish what the Lord would have for us. You see, it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can do the will of God. And only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can glorify Christ, God's Son. And only what we do for Christ will last. You realize that you could be a Christian and be successful at so many things, but if you are not connected to the Holy Spirit, what you're doing is in futility. Complete futility. Because none of it matters. Only what we do for Christ will last and so today we start a, a two-month series on the Holy Spirit. So at the end of the two months when I say, what was the theme, you can say it was the, hey, you know what, you've passed already. Great, way better than Philippians. 
We start a series on the Holy Spirit, and I'm very excited, but I know that some of you will get nervous. You know, oh no, are we going to start speaking in tongues, or are we going to be some of those hand raisers? I can say that because I am one, right? And we get nervous about that. And that's because there are many churches who make the Holy Spirit the celebrity, and it's never what he intended. The Holy Spirit, his whole purpose and desire is to honor Christ, exalt Christ, make Christ famous, not himself. But there are churches that do that, and so we get nervous, and so then there are churches that respond to that and swing the other direction, and I think we are probably more in this camp. Since they're doing that over there, well, we better underemphasize the Holy Spirit. In fact, we don't talk about him much. We don't mention him a whole lot. We're comfortable to say God, comfortable to say Christ. The Holy Spirit? I don't know. If we do start studying the Holy Spirit, are we going to get emotional? Are we going to be too spontaneous? We get nervous about those things. But because these two extremes exist, and because we might actually be a part of one of those extremes, it should compel us to learn about the Holy Spirit, to get more intimately involved with the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to sit here and say to experience the Holy Spirit because, again, that's language that's that's used in other churches. But we need to know who he is, what he does, how he works in our hearts, and what his purpose is. And when we come to know him in that way and know him more intimately, our lives will change. His role in our lives is the most important factor in whether whether or not we win or lose in the Christian life. His role in our lives is the most important factor into whether we will succeed or fail in the Christian life. We must know who he is. So our elders are praying. Our elders are praying first that we, as a congregation, would know him more intimately and would submit more to him so that he would have control over us and that that we would have the power to eradicate sin in our lives as much as we can. The elders are praying that we would have the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel with others. And they're praying that through the accurate and powerful and faithful teaching of God's word that will happen over the next two months, that our congregation would be changed, changed by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit himself. So I'm gonna ask that you open up to John 14. John chapter 14. Let me give you a little background to this. This is a very tense night Jesus and the apostles who are following him are in a small room together. And they know that the tension is high, but they're not sure what's going on. Jesus just sort of turned their world upside down when he washed their feet instead of them washing his feet. That was a little unnerving for us. Now, now all of a sudden, Jesus tells us that one of us is going to be a betrayer. And Judas gets up and leaves. Judas, I can't believe it's Judas. Judas, he's been with us for three years. He's going to betray us. And Judas is going to tell the Jewish leaders who are going to send Roman soldiers here to come and get us. And then Peter stands up and says, I'll take care of it. I've got it all under control. And Jesus turned to him and said, you don't. In fact, you're going to deny that you ever knew me. 
And then Jesus blows us out of the water and he says, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving and you can't come where I'm going. You gotta be kidding me. Jesus, we've been with you for three years. This is the worst things have been and now you're leaving? And this is where Jesus speaks what he speaks in John chapter 16. He responds with this verse. Can we have that up on the PowerPoint, please? I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. So right away, one of the most important things we see is that Jesus was sent by the Holy Spirit. Can you put the next slide up, please? Thank you. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. So the Holy Spirit comes because Jesus requested that the Father would send the Holy Spirit. So both the Father and the Son are working together to bring us the Holy Spirit. They're concerned that the disciples were not able to make it without the Holy Spirit. And so they send the Holy Spirit to them, to us. Jesus actually a little later says, well, says that it will be to our advantage that he goes away and that he sends the Holy Spirit. It's to our advantage that Jesus is not here. Now, that's, that's hard to understand, and I have to admit for myself, I often think the opposite. I, I can't tell you how many times I, I pray or I think, Lord, if only you were here to tell me exactly what you want. Oh, Lord, if only you could put, put your arm around my shoulders so I could feel you're encouraging me. If only you would give me the strength by, by being here with me, your presence with me, Lord. But Jesus is saying, it's actually better that I'm not there for you, John. It's better because now I will send the Holy Spirit to you. Now, I want, to, I want you to understand that Jesus is not with us because Jesus has flesh. Jesus took on flesh and blood. He became a man. Now, yes, he died, he rose again, and he ascended to heaven, but he is still in a body. Jesus is forever the God-man. He is no less, has no less humanity up in heaven than he did on earth. Just like when he was on earth, he had no less deity. Jesus is forever the God-man, and so he cannot be here to be, be the help that we need because he can only be with us. But he sent the Holy Spirit to be in us. He is actually in us. Now we may get a little scared about that because we say things like, well, I have Jesus in my heart or God wants you to be God wants to be in your heart. That's okay because in verse 20 Jesus says, just like I am in the Father, I am in you. And the apostle John tells us that God is in us. The apostle Paul tells us that Jesus is in us, but they are in us because of the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit both the, the, the Trinity, all of the Trinity is in us through the Holy Spirit. So this is what we call the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, a doctrinal term that theologians like to use, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. What it means is that when you receive Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells inside you. It happens at the time of your salvation. Now this is a new function for the Holy Spirit. Up until this point, the Holy Spirit would come on people and give them all that they needed to accomplish the task that God would have for them, a specific task. 
up until all the way until Jesus. Even we, we see that even in Mary, how the Holy Spirit came upon Mary in order to, to, uh, for her to conceive Jesus. But now that Jesus was here and he's gone, he says now it's going to be different. And he gives the Holy Spirit a new purpose. And that purpose is to actually dwell inside of us. This is his new function, to dwell inside of us. Paul says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you received from God? Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't live elsewhere. He doesn't live in heaven. He doesn't live in a building. He lives in our bodies. So that means that the best help we can find is inside. Now, I thought about this for quite a while. I'm a little hesitant to say it. But I think it's true. If the Holy Spirit actually lives in us, then we can be as close to God as we will be when we are in heaven. Does that make sense? I mean, think about that. If the Holy Spirit is actually in us, God the Spirit is in us, then we can be as close to God as we ever will be in heaven. That's an amazing statement. Amazing thing. See, if Jesus were here, we could only go to him. But now because the Holy Spirit is here, all we need to do is look inside. Now, that's not the Disney kind of look inside. You know, look inside and find your inner strength. Just find the faith and believe, right? It's not that. This is look inside because the Holy Spirit is there and he wants to guide you and give you the truth. And we're gonna talk more about that in coming weeks but he is our counselor. He is the counselor that lives inside us. Jesus also said, I'm going to give you another helper that he may be with you forever. So another helper. So I wanna give you this little illustration. So in English, we have one word for another. It's another. But in the Greek, the original language of the New Testament, there are two kinds of another's. There's another of the same kind and another of a different kind. So this is a piece of fruit. It is a apple, right. This is another piece of fruit. It is a, a lime. It's another of a different kind. But if I go like this, all right, so this is a apple. This is another piece of fruit an apple. It's another of the same kind. So Jesus is saying that he is sending another of the same kind helper. In other words, the Holy Spirit is coming to us. He's not second class to Jesus. He's exactly as Jesus is. When we live with the Holy Spirit in us, there's no loss of intimacy. He's telling this to the disciples who were with him, physically present with him. And he's saying, I'm sending somebody else who will be exactly like me. All that I am, he is. There's no loss of intimacy, no loss of power, no loss of relationship, no loss of help. He is exactly the same as I am. He is not a second-class Jesus. And he's with us forever, forever, always he is always with us. He never ends. He is always with us and always in us. And Jesus goes on to say that he is the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. This means that this is his substance. Truth is the substance of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, I want you to think about this. He can only speak truth. The Bible tells us that he can only speak truth. The Bible tells us that God cannot lie. It also says that Jesus is the truth. And the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit can only speak what he hears from God the Father and God the Son. Well, if God cannot lie and Jesus is the truth, then the Holy Spirit can only speak truth. So when we say that the scriptures, the Bible, was super, the writing of it was superintended by the Holy Spirit, was inspired by the Holy Spirit, meaning it was breathed out by God, that means that it is completely true. That means that there is not one word in it that is false. Now, don't you believe any pastor or any church or any theologian who goes and tells you that this contains some truth, okay? It does not contain some truth. It is all truth. Every word in it. Look, if this only contains some truth, then you're wasting your time coming here on a Sunday morning. Right? You could think of a lot better things to do than come and talk about a book that might be true. Right? We study the Bible because it is the word of God. It is absolutely true. There is no doubt about that. So the spirit of truth, he comes and he gives us the truth, and then on top of giving us the truth, he works in our hearts so that he guides us in all truth, the scripture says. He teaches us all truth, and he brings to our remembrance every word that Christ, who is truth, said. Well, if that's the case, we have this beautiful, beautiful resource of truth. Do you ever feel like your life is floundering on, on emotions or floundering on what is true? I hear so many things, I don't know what to believe. We have truth. We have solid foundation. We have the one and only foundation we can stand on because the spirit of truth moved in people to write this. And then on top of that, that spirit of truth is the interpreter of truth and the applier of truth. The Holy Spirit is the one who allows us to, to have eyes to read and see and believe. The Holy Spirit is the one who presses the truth into our hearts and into our minds so that we have that foundation within us. He is the spirit of truth. Do you get the picture that Jesus is building for us? He's saying, I have to leave, but don't worry because I'm sending somebody who is exactly like me, but better than being just with you, he'll be in you. On top of that, he is another helper who's just like me. He's a counselor, and he is the spirit of truth. What a beautiful picture Jesus is building for the disciples, and specifically for us. As we look further into Jesus' instructions, he says in John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring, your, bring to your remembrance all that I said. So Jesus here says he is the helper, he is the Holy Spirit. Well, we understand that he's holy. He is part of the Trinity. He's the third person of the Trinity. God is holy, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus is holy. Naturally, the Holy Spirit is holy. But this holiness also talks about his function because what he does is he functions to make us holy. 
the Holy Spirit's desire and greatest work is to work in our hearts to bring us holiness, to conform us to the image of Christ. Now, I don't know if you're anything like me, but but I've spent time in my life trying to be holy, trying to do the works of holiness, and never made it. I mean, really, the, the whole Reformation came about because Martin Luther sought to be holy from the outside. Oh, if he could only do an, enough, enough penance, he would be holy. If he could only do enough works, if he could you know, beat his body, he, he would be holy. It never worked. It never works from the outside. And Jesus makes that plain. When, when the disciples are talking about clean and unclean, Jesus says, it's not the things that on the outside that make you unclean. It's come, what comes from within your heart. Well then, isn't it beautiful that Jesus puts the Holy Spirit in our heart? Because I can't make myself clean. I can't make myself holy from the outside, it never works. Whenever I do that, it results either in failure or in legalism. And I don't want either of those. But when the Holy Spirit works from within, he changes our hearts, and then the good works that he intends for us bubble up and come out for us. And then we avoid legalism and the judgment of others that comes from that. Because you see, if I'm doing it myself, I think I'm pretty good and I think you're not so good, right? But when the Holy Spirit is doing it, it's, I come to understand God's grace. It's only by grace that he's working in me and then moving in me to do the works that he has for me to do. So the work of the Holy Spirit is for all believers and it is only for believers. The people of the world cannot know or experience the benefits or the advantages of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to explain it this way. Science tells us that there are radio signals all over, right? Radio signals going on all over, but can any of you hear? I can't. Is anybody's hearing aid picking up the radio signals? I, I don't hear them. But in order to hear them, I need a radio receiver. And if you're under 20, you're going, what's that thing? <laughs> this is a radio. <laughs> if I turn this on, well, and plug it in, if I turn this on, it will receive the radio signals that are floating around and make sense of them in a way that I can understand it. So it's like that with the Holy Spirit. You see, when we receive Jesus in our hearts, the Holy Spirit gives us a new spirit an enlivened spirit. And it's only spirit that can communicate with spirit. Well, I'm going like this, but he's in here anyway. So it's only my spirit, that my enlivened spirit, that can communicate with the Holy Spirit. The people of the world do not have an enlivened spirit. They have a dead spirit. Their spirit has not been made live, alive in Christ. So they cannot pick up the signals from the Holy Spirit. They cannot connect to the Holy Spirit at all. So why are we surprised? Why are we surprised when, when we see the world full of immorality or dishonesty? Why are we surprised when, when one nation is warring against another? Why are we surprised when there's corruption in our government or in our media? Why are we surprised when the world, world promotes all kinds of things that are against God? Things like, like abortion, like drugs, like hate, 
So many things go against God, and we act surprised every time we see that. But we shouldn't be surprised. Why aren't we surprised when our coworkers cheat or, or cheat on their time card or, or steal from the company? Why are we surprised at those things? You know what? I'm going to tell you. Don't be offended. You would do the same thing if you didn't have the Holy Spirit. I know I would. I would, I would be the same way. I would think the same way. I would feel the same way. I would do the same things. Living the Christian life is hard. I want the easy way, right? No way. No way. It's only the Holy Spirit that keeps me on track. Now, what we should be surprised at is when a person who has the Holy Spirit in their lives acts like he doesn't. When a person who says they're a believer does the very things that we're surprised at in the world. Now that should shock us. And it should. James puts it this way. James says, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing? These things should not be so, my brothers and sisters. A spring does not pour out fresh water and bitter water from the same opening. Can a fig tree produce olives? Or a vine produce figs? He's saying, how can this be that a person who has the Holy Spirit in them can act like an unbeliever? It shouldn't be. Why? Why are we tempted by gossip? Or why do we give in to the temptation to gossip or to lie or to cheat on our taxes or to practice immorality in, in one way or another? Why don't we prioritize the Lord the way we should? The Holy Spirit is in us. Why are we not prioritizing the Lord? Why are we not gospel-first Christians? That should surprise us. In the future, I'll get into the nitty-gritty of that. We're going to talk specifically about that. I don't have time today to do that, but we will cover that in the future. But I do want to just say, say something else about the radio signals. The reason why that happens is because, because sometimes, well, you know, you've been in a car, Right, you got the radio on and you're listening, it's sounding good, and, and then all of a sudden you hear some burping from another station come in, right? Because you're traveling out of the zone, out of, out of the range. Your receiver isn't strong enough to pick up the signals. Well, that happens in our own lives, right? There are times in our lives where we tune out God. Sometimes we tune in God and then another season we tune him out. For some of us, we're just tuned out all the time. We haven't tuned in to the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And so our lives are, are full of things like sour milk, like defeat, powerlessness, ineffectiveness, because we're not connected to the Holy Spirit. Well, here's the purpose. Here's the point of this whole sermon. is just to stress to you how important the Holy Spirit is, that you and I cannot live without him as believers. Now, if you're not a believer, you can live without him, and your life's a mess. I'm sure you admit it, right? Your life's a mess. We believers, well, we're still a bit of a mess, but, but the Holy Spirit in us can help us with that mess. We, nobody can deal with their own mess. It's only the Holy Spirit who can help us. But I want you to listen to all of the amazing things that the Holy Spirit does for us. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us to salvation. The Holy Spirit is the one who uses the same creative power he used to create the world to create a new spirit in your heart. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts us of sin, but he's also the one who has the power and gives us the power to put to death 
the sin that besets us. The Holy Spirit conforms us to be like Christ. He applies the benefits of Christ's death and resurrection and ascension to our lives. He secures us to be in God's family. He gives us understanding of the Bible. He not only gave us the Bible, but he gives us the understanding of the Bible. Now, sometimes it's hard. We've got to work at it, right? But that's why we have each other and we have the Holy Spirit in us. He empowers us to speak truth and to speak the gospel. The Holy Spirit comforts us. He advocates for us and speaks on our behalf. He guides us in all truth. The Holy Spirit prays for us. He actually prays to God for us and prays on our behalf. The Holy Spirit gifts us with gifts beyond our natural abilities. The Holy Spirit is the source of all love and all joy and all peace and all patience and all kindness. You know where I'm going with this, the fruit of the Spirit, right? You know, we often say, oh, I don't want to pray for patience because you know what will happen. God will really test me. Forget that. God doesn't work that way. God wants us to be going to the Holy Spirit for the patience that he's put in us. He wants us to access the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that he put in us and actually avail ourselves of that. That's how God works. He doesn't look to zap us. He works to give us what he wants us to have. The Holy Spirit carries forward Christ's work in the world, and he carries forward Christ's work in our hearts. You and I cannot live without the Holy Spirit. I will say it again, only by the power of the Holy Spirit can you and I please God, and only by the power of the Holy Spirit can you and I glorify Christ. And only what we do for Christ will last. I hope that you will join me in praying that over these next two months, praying that we will seek the Holy Spirit. Add that to your prayer. If you stood up in the beginning that you're praying to, uh, to be used by God to lead someone to Christ, add to your prayer list that you would come to know the Holy Spirit I don't want these messages to be messages that, that amen because we say some doctrine that you agree with. I want these messages to penetrate our hearts and to change who we are by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us and has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Would you stand now? I'd like to speak a blessing over you. This is from the book of 1 Corinthians May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's only with his power that you can overflow with hope and only by the power of the Holy Spirit that you can have joy and peace. So go in that power this morning. Thank you for being with us.